listening to the RTE Today podcast featuring some of the best bits from our show on RTE One weekdays at half three. You're very welcome back to the show. We have our news panel in studio. We have Irish Examiner columnist Terry Prone from News Talk. We have Henry McKean and on Skype from 2FM. We have Emma Powerthoff, Falter over father as always. Henry, we're going to start with you. Shergar. Yeah, uh, the, the racehorse. Yeah, here we are, 41 years later to the day, uh, the 8th of February. So uh, we all know the story at this stage. Um, Ballymani Stud, uh, this uh, beautiful, beautiful horse uh, uh, owned uh, by a syndicate um, and also uh, one of the world's richest men, Aga Khan. Uh, and the, the fact that the, the family, Jim Fitzgerald's uh, family, were, was taken hostage uh, and then Jim uh, had to find the horse for these gunmen. And then there was a two million ransom uh, and this uh, particular horse was, was valued at 10 million. And we're still talking about it all these years later later and then there's so many twists and turns uh, to the story and we still don't know to this day mm. what, what happened? really happened like there's so many rumors out there and it's never been proven uh, that the uh, uh, IRA uh, were involved and they wanted a two million uh, pound ransom so extremely fascinating and um, still no arrests that mystery continues uh, but we understand that the the beautiful beautiful horse was buried in County Leitrim and more than likely um, had an accident getting into a horse horse box and, uh, okay. and, and, and was, um, yeah. uh, was shot. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, you know, I just can't get over, like, it's, you could say one of Ireland's greatest mysteries. And, Which was and huge at the yeah, time, I remember. Yeah. Do you remember, Terry? Wasn't it unbelievable? See, I was never much into racehorses. Yeah. I'm more show jumping, and so yeah. I would remember the names of a whole load of show jumping Paul horses. Paul Zara, Eddie Mack, uh, all that exactly, at the time. Yeah. And Red Rum and all yeah. that. Class. But this story was fascinating because it happened before social media and yet the telling of the story took on a social media kind of pattern in that everybody was coming to you saying listen do you know what the real story is there and they they (laughs) knew themselves they knew for absolute certain they could name the person who did x y and z and it was just fascinating because there was a relatively brief, complete absorption in it. And then it became a kind of a sideways legend. Yeah, and yeah. it's still going on. We do have a piece of foot. Do we have a news report from the day? Um, I think we I may. Think we do we do. Have, yeah, a have a look at this. Yeah. Gunmen entered the stud around nine o'clock last night. They held Mr. John Fitzgerald and his family in a back room at gunpoint. They asked Mr. Fitzgerald where Shergar was boxed. They then loaded Shergar onto a horse box they'd brought with them. Mr. Fitzgerald, his wife and seven children were told no harm would come to them if they cooperated and did not tell the police. After Shergar had been driven off in the horse box, three of the gang who had remained behind then drove away with Mr. Fitzgerald in a van. The stable groom was released over 30 miles away and told to notify the stud manager, who in turn contacted Gardee. Forensic experts visited the scene this afternoon, but so far details of where the £10 million horse was taken remain a mystery. It's, it's, un, it's unreal, Terry, when you look at it. It's fascinating also. I had forgotten how well organised it was. Yeah. yeah. It was really well planned. And so you have to wonder, what was the factor? Was it an accident getting into horse box? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the factor that made them abandon it yeah. all? Yeah, they couldn't control it. And also, yeah. they were pretty damn professional that mm-hmm. they left 
not traces yeah. that would ever get them arrested. Yeah. Uh, Emma, um, you'd be of a younger generation. Would you have been familiar with the Shergar story? No, so it's funny because Henry said there that everyone knows the story at this stage. So I've heard of Shergar mm. and I know that it was a legendary horse in the horse racing world. But until today, until reading the article, I'd never heard the full story of it. So to answer your question, no, it was kind of brand new to me today, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's funny about social media? I remember, know, I remember knowing every single detail about it, although I was a child. Yeah. But wow. it's funny because even then, I look at my child today and I look at probably kids that age, they have so much other yes. stuff to be interested in. Yeah. Yeah. But we <laughs> listened to the radio and watched yeah. telly mm. and knew every minute detail. And I remember all of those things that happened in news yeah. at that time. Mm. And I think it was because we were we no, didn't have a lot of other yeah. stuff going no, on. There wasn't all that distraction. Yeah. Interesting, and isn't outside it? Outside influence. From the You're right. So we picked There's, up what our parents were talking about. On, yeah. And you and those stories only, are only, embedded. The news was on every night. Yeah. There, there, the there was no was iPads on. or anything, no. so you were actually taking it in it's and not just And it? the other thing, Dahi, is that parents at the time had no compunction about talking about murder no. and they mayhem in front of their kids. They no. didn't even notice you. Didn't even notice <laughs> you. Didn't notice you. <laughs> <laughs> the horse, though, the horse captured everyone's imagination. Yeah. yeah. Emma, what group would that parent fall into, I wonder, which yeah. brings us on to our next story? Yes, oh, so there's the next story now. This is one for all the parents out there. Um, so off the back of the bank holiday weekend, Christy Blake Knox um, from The Independent has written an article, basically starts it saying how she has swapped her bank holiday weekends that were spent at bars and cafes and they're now spent at playgrounds. Um, and she has been observing the different type of parents at the playgrounds. So now, I'd be interested to know out of the parents here who is what parent. So I'll give you an example of some of the different types of parents that she's come across. Uh, so there's the first-time parent, who is, you know, the eager beaver, mm-hmm. excited, they're bringing their kids to the playground, they're talking to everyone, they're making new friends, probably not realising that this is their life and their social interactions for the next six years or so, right? So that's one example of it. Uh, then there's the, I'm doing well, aren't I, parent? So this is the parent who spends a lot of time, I suppose, shouting around the playground, you know, reminding the kid to share like we do at home, uh, you know, kind of letting other people know that, you know, that they're considerate parents, they've got considerate kids. We've got the compare and contrast parent. So this is the parent who likes to brag about how wonderful their kid are, you know. Uh, she says, you know, the, the type that says, oh, she's acting busy at maths today, tomorrow's UN Secretary General, you know, those type of parents. We've all experienced them. We've got the trip advisor parent who is the parent who's been to nearly every playground in the neighborhood and can recommend where to go to the toilet, where to eat, what, like, you know, what, what the best playgrounds. Uh, And the boomerang parent, the parent who arrives, then the kid says they need to go to the toilet. So they're only there and they're leaving again. Um, And she has said that she has fallen into all of these categories at some stage. So So I'd be interested to know now, I'm not a parent. Mm. So I'd be interested to know what you guys which category you would have fallen into? I don't think we've, I, mean, I certainly, I, I don't relate to any of that stuff, yeah. do you? Yeah, no. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just, you don't know. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the yeah. thing was that when I had the one child that I did have, I didn't see pickups and playgrounds as part of the deal. Because do you know what? I had a mother and I had a husband yeah. and they loved picking up the child and taking them away. I never did. I literally (laughs) never picked him up, never took him to a playground, nor would I have taken him to a playground because I would have been too scared. 
Too scared. Look at the other parents of the machines and things. That's something about swings and everything. Now you're you're now a helicopter mom. That's what they call them these days. Do not categorize me. Thank you. I shouldn't ever categorize you, Terence. You know what? I really want to get to the next story. What kind of parent are you first? Because I want to get to your story. I am probably the hungover parent, and like what Kirsty Blake Knox says and what Emma says, I'm all those things, and I do love a playground. I think they're great because the playground is basically handing your parenting to the playground. Obviously, you're watching yeah. them, uh, and the playgrounds in this country have improved so much. Some of them have. How they all come out alive, I don't know. Well, this is it. I mean, That's sometimes <laughs> they sh- they close them when there's ice, which you know. So what if the child's fall? Well, they have all that great stuff. Yeah, that yeah. They don't. It's kind of a rub- It looks like, like a tarmac, but it's, it's rubbery. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Fantastic. No, they're oh, great. Terry, anyway, Terry, no. I'm sorry. I just want to get to your story. Seriously, your article <laughs> in the Examiner is hilarious, and I know it's not a hilarious subject because you have gone under the knife. Again. Yes, again. Share. If people haven't read this, you've got to read this. It is very funny, Terry, I have to say now, but you've done it in a humorous way. But I love the fact you don't give a hoot. You have cosmetic surgery, you like it, and off you go. I had cosmetic surgery first in 1995. And I thought, oh my God, this is a fantastic thing. Because, do you know, well, you wouldn't know, but more would. Um, You know when you buy a very expensive moisturiser and it says, uh, reduces the appearance of wrinkles. Mm -hmm. Reduces the appearance. And if you have a facelift, the wrinkles go away. The spare skin goes away. And so I had a facelift back in 1995 and I've been looking at myself with some depression recently. When Do you know when you catch yourself uh, in the uh, expanded? What's the magnifying bit of the mirror? <laughs> and oh, Jesus. And what you're looking at, uh, what I was looking at, perish the thought that you would ever look at it. Well, we all um, look at the mirror now and don't like what we see sometimes. Downturned lips a whole fan of wrinkles on either side um, and huge bags under my eyes that that literally made me tear up all of the time. And I thought, enough of this. And I went to see uh, Dr. Salman, who works in the Aurelia Clinic. I am not an influencer. I didn't get a reduction. Mm-hmm. This is straight report. Ah, you are an influencer in, in a traditional sense. Well, thank you, kindly, but I don't get paid for it. She didn't get any free gifts. No, no, you don't get free Public announcements, you didn't get anything free. He looked at me in in that terribly frank way that surgeons do, and he said, you don't need a full facelift because your neck is reasonably okay, Um, but a a, a revised facelift would be that. And then secondly, um, laser resurfacing and a thing that involved a needle going in that I really couldn't describe to you, um, to take away the bags under the eyes. And then he said, uh, fat transfer. Oh, yeah, to put fat from somewhere you don't want it into your face. And I immediately wanted to know where were they going to take it from. And he said in a kind of a careless way, oh, I'll find some place. <laughs> What do you mean I'll find something? That implies that I've oodles of fat all over me. So anyway, I said, yeah, okay. And I went in and I had the surgery. And then I went home, same day. And they give you this sheet of instructions. And it's really very... And you're bandaged up, I presume. Um, I had the funniest little mm-hmm. white hat on. You see, mm-hmm. there's me on the left. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I looked like a raccoon, only instead of black around the eyes, I had bright red. It looked red sore. On. It looked, it looked, sore. It looked, it looked ghastly. Yeah. And so that was the first day. And 
this, they, the leaflet said, more or less, don't mind the first day, the second, third and fourth days are going to be really bad and you're really not going to enjoy yeah. them. And you need to take paracetamol every four hours and you had to wash the uh, lasered area with water that had just a drop of vinegar in it. And the second day was, it was just phenomenal because my whole face swelled up to such an extent that I only had a little slit to read a book through. I was reading my book in little installments. And if you hadn't been prepared for it, you would not be a happy bunny day two and three. But when did it all kind of calm down a small bit? Day four or five. Day four or five. They said I was not allowed to go out. And that's another very funny rule because it's... Do you remember Mrs. Patrick Campbell said she didn't mind what kind of sex anybody had or who they had it with as long as they didn't have it in the street and frighten the horses. <laughs> um, it was an instruction a bit like that. It wasn't to protect me, but if I went out in the early days, it might frighten the people and did in you go the street. Out? I went out day six because I had yeah. to because I had a client with a problem. Put on um, yeah. uh, sunglasses, no yeah. problem. That's what you have to do to look like a real star with sunglasses. <laughs> Fair play to you, Terry. Well I done, Terry. Do whatever you want, yeah. is what I say, and that's Lovely. great. Well done. Well done, guys. Respect. Thanks for being with us, Emma. Thank you for being with us as well Thanks, in Dublin. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Today Show every day on RTE One from half three, or if you miss it, you can watch back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.